Hi, and welcome to our third episode of the podcast Keen Minds, based on NBC's The Blacklist, in which we discuss the show, especially in relationships to the Keens. We both love the Keens uh, individually and together. I am not a shipper. I am a theorist. I love theory and canon and symbols and love to try to compose the puzzle of the blacklist. And Jen? And I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle, on all the, the social media there. And I am a shipper. I am a keen squared shipper, but I do try to take a pretty uh, balanced approach. Love all characters and love to see how they interact together and with the keens and all the above. Yeah, I do too. I love every single character of the blacklist. Uh, I am partial to to the bad guys to red and and tom but i love them all absolutely all of them and this episode was up ranks among my 10 favorite ones it's definitely in the top three i'd say for me oh wow it it was good (laughs) ask me at the end of the season if it still ranks that high because it's going to be an exciting season but It was excellent. It was everything that I was hoping for, which I get my hopes up pretty high. But, you know, when they deliver on them, you can't help it. So yeah, it, it was it, it had everything. It had action, chases, a train that it wasn't there. It was put in, in post-production. I am so impressed with the production team of The Blacklist. That was absurdly good. It, it was just the entire episode was excellent. And so today for the uh, Miles McGrath episode, we'll be going over the task force and Red's reaction to the Keens, as we usually do. And we'll be covering a, a couple different parallels there of the, uh, the parallel between uh, Katerina and Red's relationship that we found out today about the, uh, the affair and... And how, the relationship between between Liz and Tom, and touching on how those those parallels may have influenced the relationship with of Red with both of them. Yes, and also looking a little bit at the Team Keen moment, which is oh, one of my favorites. That was, <laughs> that was beautiful. It just made it reminded me so much of of uh, of Red and Katerina. And um, I think we should also talk maybe a couple of, of the symbols and, and themes that we have seen emerging in this um, fourth season and continuing from the other ones. So without much ado, let's delve in. All right, let's jump straight in. And we want to start with Wrestler. And uh, he had some fun interactions this episode. He actually gave Tom a compliment. Felt like I wanted to reach down the ground and see if hell frozen over. <laughs> I was. I actually had been had been very very uh, pleased with with the way wrestler has been the direction wrestlers had been taken because I think I feel that finally between the rubber banding theory and the uh, and Liz uh, and retrieving Liz from the dark side, I think that I've actually figured it out. And I'm happy about that. Oh, Wrestler was excellent in this episode. I mean, he's had he's had a great season so far. I feel like this season they've taken him in a much more... I mean, they, they had him obviously in a very purposeful direction in 3A. But he seemed to kind of fall back to the background just a little bit in 3B. And they, they really seem to be taking him in a very purposeful direction for 4A. And I'm really excited about that. And to see he and Liz working together again and... 
Heaven knows I love my Tesla moments. I was thrilled to see those boys working together. Well, I have a different view of of wrestler. I, I know that a lot of people feel that wrestler was was put in the in the back burner in three B, and yes, he was because the, the the focus shifted so much to the intensely personal with Liz's pregnancy. But I felt that he was he was being just truthful because in his mind he just lost Liz to the dark side. It, she became red, and Tom was red. So he was angry and he was, you know, he was trying to save her, save her from becoming red, which I think for wrestlers is even worse than death. And it's interesting because I think that the relationship issues that they had in 3B, where it was a little cooler between them rather than the, the friendship that they usually have, I think we're starting to see that, I mean, certainly with, with uh, Samar, but even with Aram a little bit. So it's an interesting idea that wrestler's the one that, and I think you've mentioned it before, that that really wrestler, when he saw Liz and Tom take that action to get away from Red, that was where it, it clicked for him. Yes, he was He was not, because the, the thing I, in my view, what hurt wrestler the most about Liz dying uh, in her fake death was that for him it was about she died and she became a bad person before she died because she became like red. And, and I think that, that his pain was not just losing Liz. She lost her while she was in the dark. And I think that when he realized that it just, it just for him, it, it was, it was a very, it was a very interesting reaction. I was expecting it. And I was so pleased when it happened that because that validated, basically I got it. I got it. You know, it's it's a it's a very um, aha moment for me that he actually had that reaction. And I've been loving uh, his his interactions both with with Red, with with Liz, with even Samar. You know, this is about doing what we have to do. I loved that moment at the beginning that, that it, you know, the first scene in the post office was the Keens following behind him. And it almost reminded me as if he were still in Cooper's position. He's the one running point with them right now. Cooper wasn't having anything to do with them. And it didn't even seem like anybody was in quite yet, that maybe they showed up there at the break of dawn and Wrestler was the only one from the team in so far. And mm-hmm. I loved his reaction of, you know, <laughs> they're trying to poke through everything. He's going, no, 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 you guys can't be involved in this. And he's sitting there and rattling off protocol to them and then finally just kind of looks at them like, I'm not going to be able to stop you anyway. Just go do it. That was a fun moment when he says like, okay, uh, you know, he looks at Liz and, and Liz is looking, giving him that look like I am going through those things with or without you. So I dare you to try to stop me. And I think in a way, um, this thing's for a wrestler because I think you mentioned that on the last episode that how he had lost his own child and, and saving Agnes became, um, a way of, of, of dealing with that pain because I don't think that wrestler has quite got over all that. That must've been a tremendous and traumatic thing for him. Well, we've seen that wrestler doesn't deal with emotional, deeply emotional issues. Well, when Audrey died, he, 
he got into the the painkillers. And he told Samar last season that he was in the office the very next day. That is how he dealt with the pain of losing his fiance mm-hmm. and his child. And so he doesn't handle his emotions very well. And so I, I really do feel like that he's not not in a selfish way at all, but but sort of putting himself there and going, I couldn't save my own child, but Liz, I can help you. I can help save yours. And yep. I think that that's really fueling. Yeah. On, on a level, fueling his search for Agnes is helping his friend, his partner, find her little girl when Wrestler himself could not save his own child. Yeah, it's almost like like saving a little bit of, of that child that he never even got to see. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it, and I think that when he saw what what Tom was willing to do... Tom became a different person for him. He has really, I, I, it's interesting. I, I had kind of an epiphany today. Uh, I was thinking about it, doing a rewatch and thinking about it. And I remember I, it took me a long while to warm up to wrestler. And uh, it took talking to several friends of mine who are very deep in his head to, to really find that balance for me. But when he first, when I first started with the pilot, I couldn't stand wrestler because I mean, he was, judgmental he was abrasive and he did not trust Liz and I immediately liked Liz and and so I got very defensive with him at the very beginning especially when he went after Tom immediately thereafter and I it's interesting because looking at at season one with the way he approached Liz something was off he knew something was off with her he didn't know exactly what was off with her, but he didn't trust it. And it took a while for him to warm up to her until he did find reasons to trust her. It takes a lot to earn Donald Wrestler's trust. And yeah. I think that once it is earned, you're pretty good. And I think the same thing with, with Tom. There was something about Tom he knew wasn't right. Oh, he absolutely. has very good instincts. And it's funny because there is... There has been like three or four mentions of wrestlers' instance as in a negative thing, but I think that when he's 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 good, he find his instincts tell him what's right and wrong. It may not be. He probably doesn't allow the his his emotions his emotions then take over, and that's that's when he gets in trouble because he can't distinguish what his emotions are saying and what the reality is. And I think that is that is a very common thing for people to do. You know, there is something that irks you or, or feel that is wrong, and then you immediately just closed up. Oh, the, it's, so the, the reaction to, to, to this new reaction to Liz and Tom, to me, feels organic, feels natural, and I feel that they're, they've done tremendous work with the character because they've been setting him up from season one and that dislike – to slowly understanding and, and appreciating Liz and Tom. And now it's like, okay, I'm on your side. And he has been the one from the most critical of them to the most supportive of them. Oh, and that's what I was going to say a few minutes ago, is that with Liz, it, it took a while to, for him to warm up to her, to, to be able to trust her. And because of that, that instinct as you just said with her that something was off and and something was i mean she's she was a much darker character than she first portrayed herself as and obviously there was a lot of stuff that she did not know herself but it was there and i think with tom 
he felt that, and then he obviously knew that when everything came out about Tom. And I, I think you and I have talked about the fact that he didn't have a lot of the information that, that the audience members have and that obviously Liz has. He walks in, he had no clue that she had him tied to a chair, broke his thumb, and that's what started the, you know, the fight between them. All he mm-hmm. sees is their their townhouse destroyed and he and his partner has, has been uh, handcuffed to the, the banister. And he's ticked because that's his partner. And, and that's understandable. And so to him, that's what he's carried through. I think that when he had time to actually work side by side with Tom and start to get to know him not as his partner's husband and then his partner's ex and then his partner's lover that he didn't like and did not trust, he started to to really get to know Tom Keene as the man he has chosen to be and is struggling to be. And he realized it's kind of like the uh, the preview for redemption, all the things that go into Tom Keene. He realized that that Tom is not black and white. He's he's a killer, but he's also a father. You know, he's a dangerous covert operative, but he's also a loving husband. He has multiple layers. Yeah, for it, someone like Wrestler, he has a little bit of trouble reconciling that, looking at it. But once he actually had geez. the time and was able to to see that and and take the time with that, he started to see Tom for who he is, and I think that it's made it easier for him to see him as a human being, not an enemy. And I think it goes the other way too. I think when Tom realized that that wrestler was, you know, looking out for Liz and, and the, com- the commitment to the job, because I think for both men, the commitment to the job and the rules, which the rules are different for wrestler is the law for Tom is his mission. It's a, uh, they they found that common ground. We're going to do our job. I don't quite think that that wrestler was one that thought that what Tom said at the at the christening was was completely off. I think that that he got it. He got the whole situation. I agree. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I started to think last season that maybe we'd get our bromance there, but then when. when Tom went through and and knew everything all the way through. I figured they'd shot that to the ground. But hey, you know, wrestler gets it, and those two work really well together. So I'm hoping that that'll be a friendship that they work on. I'd love to see wrestler take an episode over on Redemption and see Diego over there. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a uh, it's a it's a uh, it, it will be very interesting too as we continue this season and see what happens when Hitchens come back and play because I don't think that wrestler quite let that go. Um, so it will be interesting what happens if we get to see another situation where he's about to kill someone and 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 see who's going to talk him out of it and and keep him and keep him for being the uh, the Boy Scout. Or if anybody does, there may become a day that he does it and he has to, he, he is forced to look into those emotions and deal with those emotions and handle the situation. A bit like at the end of season three, when while Red did not kill Kirk because Kirk didn't show up, Wrestler took a step back. He knew in yeah. his own heart, if Kirk had shown up, he would have been dead and Wrestler would have done nothing to stop it. And I think that really bothered him on a level. That yes. he was willing to let that go through. It's something that he's going to have to come to terms with and figure out what's right and what's wrong, you know, for him and mm-hmm. on his scale of things. 
So I think that 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 is uh, that it was a phenomenal phenomenal episode for for Ressa. The whole season has been great. Um, so what about Samar? Oh, Samar was fantastic. I I have a friend on Tumblr that she's. She's so worried that Samar's leaving. And I said, don't worry. I said, this this is a writing arc here. I said, you're basically about to get some extra Samar stuff. stuff. And I think they're working up to actually get Samar and Aram together. I think that by either mid-season, probably by by the end of 3A, I could see Samar and Aram together. It could be. It could be. And also, we're, because they were, I know that we have got quite a bit of her early family background with her that we probably are due for Aram as well. But for so. Samar, um, I, I think that we are about to delve a bit more into into Samar's story personal, her real um, motivation, because we have had her external motivations, the murder of her parents the uh, the 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 death of her fake death of her brother turning to terrorism we've seen those things and her determination to be a career woman to think for herself we got a little bit of that in the gin when he tells the uh, other iranian woman nasim that you know she knows how it is but she took control of her own life but i think that there is a, a whole aspect of samar that we're just getting a little hint of it, it, betrayal, she took betrayal the, the deepest she's the most hurt of them all well you had mentioned it I either last week or the week before it may have been the first episode we did where Samar made that decision that she was not going to have a family she was going to have a career she had put everything in her personal life aside. We've seen her, I mean, uh, there was Levi that she was sort of interested in. We, we think that she's been interested in Aram on one level. You know, I mean, probably deeper than she's willing to admit. But and, she's- And wrestler, because I've, yeah. I've seen things with wrestler since the moment they met. Well, I mean, I, I haven't, but it <laughs> doesn't mean that I, they haven't I, been there. I, 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 uh, it was it was a, a, a grudging admiration on wrestler. It was- um, it was a little interesting in, in Samar because she must be like, you know, for, for somebody coming from the Middle East, it must be uh, the Boy Scout must be a, I don't know, rare specimen. <laughs> and, and there he is. And he's like, and he's overly, I mean, he's, he's, a, he admires her. He's, you know, he's overtaking with somebody who was able to catch Raymond Reddington, something he hadn't been able to do. So I think that there is, there was, oh, I always saw that there was a little something there. She was, she's a very interesting character. I wasn't immediately connected to her, but I very much liked where they've gone with Samar. I, I think a lot of her betrayal comes out of what we were talking about, that she's chosen this life, she's chosen the career, and she doesn't have it. You know, she was willing to give that up for Liz to protect Liz while she was on the run. She got mm-hmm. fired for it. And any relationship she might have had went down the tube when she turned around, slept with who was essentially her boss. And then he fired her the next day for protecting their teammate, whether she was on the team right then or not. And she made the comment uh, in the episode, in one of the, the later episodes of season three, she said, you didn't just fire me, wrestler. You slept with me and fired me the next morning. You know, I mean, it was. She gave up a lot for Liz, 
and mm. I think she feels very personally betrayed. She made the comment in, in this last episode. She said, I don't think you care who you hurt. You know, because Liz was trying to explain it to, to Samara and yes. Aram. She said, I don't think you cared who you hurt. And she was being blatantly honest. And that's how she feels. And thankfully, you don't have to question Samara on how she feels about anything. She'll tell you. Yes. I, I, I think that, that one thing that both have in common, Wrestler and Samar, is that that extreme reaction to betrayal. Uh, different than Aram, different than Cooper. I, I think betrayal runs deep with them, and it's what connects these two characters. They have both been hurt by betrayal. They've both been impacted by betrayal to the point that is defined her life in a, in a, in a, in a certain way. And, and I think, and this may segue into our ROM section, but I do think that part of the reason that we see Samar drawn to a ROM is because he's a bit of a breath of fresh air in her world. I mean, she's she had the bit with Wrestler, who was very similar to her, and Aram is so very human. He's so very, I mean, his his reaction to it. I know that was my reaction, you know, <laughs> that, you know, you understand why, but you also understand the hurt. And, and I love the comment when they're standing there and Liz is trying to thank Samara and Samara, because we're not doing this right now. And when they end the, the communication, she goes, she hates me. And mm -hmm. Aram says, you know, yes, for now, she just needs time. We all need time. It was kind of this point of she's not the only one upset. And Liz turns around and she's so shocked by it. She goes, you hate me too. And he says, I don't hate you, Liz. I hate what you did. And I but love he's that. he's articulate. He's very, very articulate with his emotions. And that's why he always chooses to do his emotions in the weirdest places and times. <laughs> which is one of the, probably the best thing. They always interrupted me like, a ram, a ram, on point, on point. But I, it's 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 actually I love Aram in in its in its um he is in a way he's simple and in a way he's very complex. Well, just speaking on that note, I have to say, Aram flirting by accident is my favorite thing. <laughs> his his attention to the detail of Samar's face when he's talking about the symmetry there, mm -hmm. and she's just looking at him like how often do you stare at my face in in these intricate details? And he's, you know, well, one eye is bigger and your chin does this little thing mm. and yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And she goes, Aram, stop, focus. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> and we find out at the end of the episode, he's actually been dating someone at least for a long enough period of time that she has oh. a, key, a key to his apartment. So who knows when Elise showed up, but they've been oh. dating a while. Yeah, well, I have. I are we already in the Aram section? I, I think we're section? in Aram. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I I have some interesting things to say about Aram, but first, I, I think that the 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 um, Aram has become. I mean, he he never was a flat character to begin with. He's he started from the like the first few words, and you knew that there was a, that there was a a whole wealth of 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 character development in there. And I think that Amir did a fantastic job with him. From what um, I understand, Aram was not originally going to be a regular character. Amir no. just took it and owned it and made it fantastic. 
and they just kept calling him back. I heard an interview with him one time where he was talking about it. They just kept calling him back. And then suddenly he was a regular on the show. Yes, the, the, that interview was with uh, the Blacklist Exposed. Yes. I love those guys. Um, and if you guys haven't listening to us, haven't listened to them, you should go. They're Absolutely. fun. They are very, very fun. So, yes, I think that, that, that Aram has, you know, this is leaps and bounds. I think that Aram is also um, a, a character that, that it's, he's badass in his own way. He's a techie badass. I mean, this guy can hack into anything. He has his own brand of of having done illegal things. He was a hacker. He went to MIT. He was a hacker. Um, he's been and he. If you have read the journal and oh, that was a, such a great thing. It's, I think it's still on the website. Go take a look at that that journal because it's it's priceless. Well, what was it Dumont said in the uh, the backdoor pilot for? for um, redemption what was ground that? takes the uh takes the, the 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 glory but tech does uh gets a job done or something that's it. Like that. it that was it and that was so on point that is a rom nearly every episode they could not do what they do as fantastic as wrestler liz and samar are in in the field they could not accomplish what they accomplished without a ramos exactly and not only that but ram is a puzzler solver He's far more than a techie. Aram has the same kind of intelligence as Raymond Reddington does. He is not a schemer. He's not a strategist, but he's able to piece together things and find clues that is, to me, is fascinating. And he says that he's like uh, he has like a um, a mind crush on on Reddington. I could and he see saw that. it a little bit when, when he saw in this episode and he says like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. It's like uh, um, with the uh, Miles McGrath that he's basically has an incubator for crime. And he's just he's he's fascinated by the thing. And he was showing a little bit of that when uh, he found Liz in uh, deadnotalive.org. Absolutely. Yeah. Aram is just great with that. <laughs> Do we want to kind of touch on this Elise, this... Uh, oh, yes, because... Blonde that, jogger? <laughs> yeah. And he has, she has a kid to the apartment. And that, now, if you remember when Tom was telling me he should say something about it, he said, oh, no, 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 no. It's com- more complicated than you think. I think that's what he meant, that he was already dating somebody. Now, I, you know that I have this, this I'm on my symbols and, and signs and that the plaid shirts mean something. That the what does? Plaid shirts. Oh, plaid, plaid shirts. garments, yeah. Plaid garments. Whatever plaid appears in there means something is not as it seems. And I've seen it, and I, you know, I. if you look at my post, you, you would see, like, every single instance. It's ridiculous. Whenever you see a plaid shirt, question what's going on. It doesn't necessarily mean that the wearer is lying as much as there is something in there that is not quite as it seems. And Aram was wearing a plaid shirt. See, I didn't even think about that. That didn't even cross my mind, which is surprising after your after your post there. Mm-hmm. But it is. I mean, I saw it in the rewatch and I was like, ah, because I have thought, not that Aram is, Aram is super sexy, super attractive. He's quite a catch. But there was something about Elise that didn't quite ring 
true to me. There was something about her that made me think twice and look deep in there. And then if you go look at when Red meets, uh, goes to the phone and the phone rings and he th- and he tells Kirk something to the extent of, uh, how did you know I was going to be here? I didn't even know myself until half an hour ago. And uh, Kirk says, because I'm the better man. Then I start thinking, how did he know? And I thought, well, what best way is to, if, let's say, she gives him a watch or something and he has um, a microphone. Because I am sure that if I were Alexander Kirk, I wanted some look into the, the task force of Red. Oh, that would be, that would break poor Rom's heart. It oh. would. And you know that, what they're going to do with that, right? That's how they're going to send him straight into Samar. Well, and, and that's what I told my friend that we were talking about. It. I said, I really do not believe Samar is leaving. I know she just hit the send on the the transfer letter. I said, but this is this is working them together. Because I think it was Camp was talking about one time. He said, yeah, everyone wants them together. That's pretty much fandom-wide, but... You know, you can't just throw them together because then what? And so I think this might be w- the way they're working that. You know, that they're they're putting this drama here. They're, you know, working it out. I mean, I have no idea how long they've got left on this show. But, I mean, at some point, you can only stretch something out so far. And with Aram and Samar, they're either going to get together or they aren't. And so it, at this point, I can see them working towards that in the fourth season. I think that's great. I mean, they've had two seasons to go back and forth we got our nice little little commercial last last season with uh, the blind date it's i i think that they're working towards that and i you know if if elise is actually a spy using a rom oh goodness that poor man he won't trust anybody and it may it may come to the point where he starts to understand why people like samar are so distrusting of everyone around them and would certainly give him a, a much better understanding that he already has of Raymond Reddington mm-hmm. and, and of Liz and Tom doing what they did. Um, I, I, I am, I'd love Aram. I think that he's, he's, uh, he's got such an, I mean, I'm, I got such high hopes for this four seasons so far. It's ridiculous. You know, I love the blacklist, but every, every episode, I love it even more. Oh, this season has just been fantastic. I, I refuse to listen to the aunties on online. They just, I don't understand how anybody could bash this season. It has been phenomenal. The, everybody has brought their A game back. The writers, the producers, the team putting it together, and the actors absolutely have all brought their A-plus game back to the season, and they've hit the ground running. I'm I'm really impressed with what they've brought forward so far. Well, I, I think they've done a fantastic job. I mean, if you do a rewatch, and after each season I do a rewatch, sometimes even in half season I do a whole rewatch. And I I tell you, I think that even with the with the curveball of, of Megan's pregnancy that wasn't, you know, I don't think she even wasn't expecting it to, to happen when it happened. Um they did a great job. They took a story that was going to happen. They advanced it a little. They tweaked here and there. And I think the the, the resulting uh, storyline was absolutely terrific. Oh, I and, agree. I think they did well with it. Yeah. And well, so I think we can skip Cooper because Cooper really didn't have a lot to do except give a few orders. Oh, they had a conversation with Red. 
Yeah, a couple, a couple of moments, but it it didn't really weigh, and it certainly didn't weigh on the Keens. I think Cooper wants to see the Keens right now. I don't think he has that in him to face Liz. I think they cut that scene. You do? Okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we will we will get it in the deleted scenes, but I am sure that they had a scene and they had to cut it. Well, I know specifically that they must have cut one scene because Ryan Eggle did a a Q and A Q&A on Twitter on that would have been Thursday for the episode uh, at I think it was like six thirty seven thirty uh, six thirty Central seven thirty Eastern, and he posted up something from the marketing team it was a picture of tom leaning back against the suv and it says um i believe the quote was liz you and i are a lot of things but we we're not we sure as hell aren't victims was what the quote was but that never showed up in the episode and so it could be that it's from a future episode and they just stuck it with that they did that back at the solomon episodes in which they quoted something but that must have come right after restless says technically you're victims and they go and they find uh, this information and with that they must have had that conversation and from there on they go to this office they're gonna find things that they're not they're they're not being told i agree i i think that's probably where it was cut and i'm hoping we'll get that with the with the blu-rays when they come out okay so we're gonna go down to red this will be a big one uh do we want to start with red and liz let's start with red and liz <laughs> all right uh so Red is a, he has caused such a splash in the fandom recently. You have these two sides of people that will defend him to the death. And and then you have people like me that are just <laughs> really upset with him right now. And I I understand even saying how upset I am with him. I do understand that there is a reason behind what they're doing. They're not just trying to throw Red under the bus. They're trying to build doubt. Uh, because you've got Alexander Kirk saying all this. And I was talking to someone today and I said, you've got Kirk's point of view, you have Red's point of view, and now you have Katarina's point of view with the with the dossier, with the uh, journal she left behind. You have three points of view. Somewhere in that muck is something like the truth. And that's what Liz is searching for right now. Red did not confirm or deny the affair, I, I personally think that they had an affair after watching Kate May a couple, three times and just everything that's come out this season. I think they had an affair. I believe Katarina on that. And I I find it very interesting that Red has not confirmed that Kirk is her father. That I find very interesting. He's Like we've talked about with, with Tom and his phrasings about Liz being dead to the task force. Mm-hmm. Red has been very careful about this man that believes he's your father has been his his big phrase that he's used with Liz so far. He never refers to Kirk, while well, he refers to him as Constantine, and so obviously he believes he's Constantine Rostov, he does he has not said to Liz, to anybody else, Elizabeth Keene's father, Masha Rostova's father. No, he has not. I I I I think that this season and, and I and, and in this you know that I go into my wild theories, but this is with even going outside the wild theories, this is some symbols that I've seen because I've what I've learned is that Blacklist tells has narratives at very different levels. It's not just the stories they tell you 
um, it's it's you gotta go into the symbols. You gotta go into all these little details in the unimportant scenes, in the important scenes, in all scenes, because everywhere they're telling you, they're giving you little clues. And the one thing that I've been starting to see ever since. It started in Gregory DeVry. I have to do a rewatch from Gregory DeVry on. It was the first time I was aware of a mirror. They've been doing mirror everywhere. Look at when Liz comes in that room that was supposedly hers. The first thing she sees is herself in the mirror. And they you have Kate looking in the mirror. Uh, you have mirror stories. Rostov saying one thing and Brett saying the opposite. And Katerina in the middle, and I think that when you when you 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 gotta take a, a, a deeper look. This is not a simple story. You're seeing mirrors everywhere, so think in terms of mirrors. And mirrors reverses things. You see yourself, but you see yourself reversed. What's right is left. And I think that in order to see the story between be, what Red is telling Liz, what. Rostov is telling Liz, you have to look in mirrors. Not everything is as it seems. Uh, I was going to say, you mentioned last week the uh, the room of mirrors, the hall of mirrors, in which you're looking at multiple angles. You yes. know? And so I think that a lot of it's going to be that, in which you think you're looking at something, you may even think you know how to look at it, but you know, give it two episodes and you're going to find out, there were 15 angles coming from that. And I, I'm not even sure which way's up anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the black, I always said the blacklist, the house's mirrors, and now it's, we're really getting into it because that, if you really analyze what Katharina is saying, she never said I had an affair with red Think, Look at it. She never does. I think she does. She says that she, she was sent to seduce. Ah, uh, no, I was sent the, I'm in love with a man I was sent to seduce. Then, then she says, "I, I'm in love with with an with a, with him, an American." Raymond wants me to go and 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 get and go out with him or escape with him. That's not that's not causality. Raymond may not necessarily be the American or the man she fell in love with. That's fair. I hadn't thought yeah. about that. It's you gotta. I mean, Katerina gotta speak red. She does red speak too. And why would a, a spy leave a journal with her more intimate things, especially a woman who's later going to run away and commit suicide to keep her daughter safe? But oops, I forgot a journal. I had wondered that throughout this because I've seen you know comments online that said you know they wondered if the the journal was a plant and such. I said I don't want it to be. Because I, I want poor Liz to have something tangible that yes, she can is. trust in. And mm. it is, a, I think it is a clue. It's a journal. It was left for Liz. But is it really saying what it is saying? And then look at that KR. First, it's not Katerina Rostova. That would have been with a P to make it sound Rostova. So it's not Katerina Rostova. And then the R is a reverse R, meaning is it a, the letter in, in Cyrillic? That sounds like yeah, or is it an R, a, a, sim, a sign for Liz to reverse things? That's interesting. But I, I think we've actually gotten off topic a little bit. Of to course we are. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> um, but 
Red, Red is, it was really interesting watching him, and this may segue a little bit into Red and Tom as well. It's, it's hard to talk about Red and Liz right now without talking about Red and Tom as well. Because you had Red, the, the first scene when he calls Liz and calls her, that was a very interesting decision on his part. Very poignant, very uh, purposeful. In the cemetery. To meet her at her own grave. And I loved the comment, where is Mr. Kaplan? And I wonder... You know, I, she's I, going to be very pissed. Oh, I, I hope we see that. I hope that doesn't get cut. I hope we see that in which she finds out for sure that he tried to kill her. And I... Because, I mean, you have to think about if that's... If she heard that... If I were Liz, my, immediately, my immediate thought would be, he may not come after me, but he hates my husband. You know, what's going to happen the moment he decides... Tom made me do this. You know, that, that would, if I were Liz, that would worry me. I found interesting, now that you mentioned that, that Red has never said that. Because I think Red knows Liz and knows that at the end, Liz will always do what Liz wants to do. That's fair. And nobody can convince Liz of anything. Well, he seemed to think that Kaplan did. He he certainly blamed Kate over that. But it was... I, I, I do think that Kate took advantage of a of a of a of a moment in which she wasn't thinking; she was just scared. And it's possible. It's I mean, but I don't know. It's possible. But it was interesting that that he met her at the grave, and he sat there and he told her, "Yes, I have information. I'm not going to tell you." And then he turned around and told her. This was really I, I talk about often over on my blog on Tumblr about red pulling strings it he treats people like chess pieces he treats people like marionettes on the end of strings he likes he puts everyone where he wants them and he tugs on their strings to make sure they go where he needs them and with liz it he puts people into her life he takes them away he he adjusts things the way he needs it to she's very difficult to maneuver and i think he realizes that and then you have tom joining in and he Poor Red's just throwing his hands up in frustration at some point. Because the Keens are incredibly difficult to maneuver when they're together. But but with Liz on this, he tells her, I'm not telling you. And then turns around and gives her a little bit, but apparently tells her, I don't want the FBI involved in this. He had to have known she was going to go straight to Cooper. And, and get in the middle of things. I think it is calculated. You I think, think he, he did? calculated. Yes, I think he he thought that maybe they would they would listen. Um, I think that that decision that moment caught my attention about Red. I think that Red instinct was not to tell her anything, and I think that believe it or not, to me that's a, that's a pivotal moment for Red. Red went against his instinct and told Liz what he knew. And that, to me, was a sign of respect. It, it brought to mind that, that song, For Someone You Love, mm-hmm. because Red was as close to he will ever be to being on his knees and, and telling her that, that he was sorry. I think that is as close to an apology Red will ever get. An apology for withholding information or what? Yes, yes. See, I didn't get that. I think that it may have 
weighed on him that he realized what he was doing. He was withholding information because he does care about Liz. He does love her. And I'm going to disagree with many people in the fandom on how he loves her. But he I think we can all agree that he does love her on on a level. And, you know, to see her in that kind of pain over her child, I think personally, from what I saw in the episode, that's what did it is that, you know, well, fine, I'll give you this. But that it was, is, I think he was paying attention at the end to what Kaplan was telling him. And maybe, you have to let her go. I don't mean let her go and, you know, be on your own. I think that let go was like, let go, allow her to be an adult. Yeah. And, and that is a learning curve. He really does remind me of a father that has been absent as a daughter has grown up and then re-meets her as an adult daughter and then tries to treat her like, you know, like a small child again. And mm-hmm. that that is, for a long time, Red has really struck me that way. That he just mm-hmm. doesn't realize she's an adult. It does not, like, I mean, he, he realizes, obviously, he's an intelligent human being. He... Obviously, on a but logical not on an level. Emotional level. Exactly, exactly. But it was interesting that he did that, and then he went into, to well, I told her not to to bring you guys into this, and then he turned around and brought Tom in, as his man. Which once again, if you need something done, you bring in Tom Keen, and <laughs> I, I love that. Is it feeding time? <laughs> I mean, yeah. so. They're, they're obviously being kept there. There's someone standing guard outside. And it makes me wonder if they slipped out when they went to the to the FBI headquarters. Did they sneak out? Or is that how they're leaving? Or do they have an armed escort everywhere they go? They probably have an armed escort. I, it didn't give me an impression that the, he was being, uh, he was being facetious. He was just being, doing snark and... <laughs> But uh, that that scene to me, it's it's you know we get two pivotal scenes for it in my opinion, which is one the scene with Liz at the grave, the second when he's going at, to meet um, uh, Johan, mm-hmm. and he tells him you know I could find a man for you, but ah, uh, and you know that in the moment that he says that exactly who he's going to bring. I mean, it makes sense from what you've seen and everything. I mean, and, and have you noticed how we have not seen Red say, "How could you do that?" You know, there was a little scene on the plane where what Tom says, "I don't, I don't regret trying to get away from you," and the, and that was it. But we never see Red, other than regret is something that requires wisdom or age. Other than that, there has been absolutely no. Uh, confrontation of Tom, no pointing fingers at Tom. And I think that's probably what Brian met, meant. Uh, he made a comment in an interview recently. He said that that Red and Tom have kind of put aside their animosity to a great degree this season. And I read that very much as they were going to... <laughs> I caught my hopes up a little high because I, I love both of the characters. And so I very much would like to see a dom and red sort of relationship between red and tom and i'm sure that over the years it would get there but i I, for some reason my brain went season four is that time and (laughs) no no it's not um but but it was it was remarkable though i mean you're right i mean he, he has not been quite as irritable towards tom 
As he usually is. Oh, or, or as he has been in the past, I suppose, is a better way of putting it. Not only that, did you notice that he gave them that little quite funny smile that Red does when he's asking somebody to do something impossible? You know, like, this is what we're going to do. Oh, I mean, he threw Tom in a super dangerous situation. And I... There was a comment he made. He said, you know, when, uh, uh, what was the, what was the friend's name? The, um, Johan, Yo. um, what was his last name? Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, it started with an H. I can't, I can't recall. But he said, you know, uh, that, that if he realized anything was off, that he would dispose of him. And Tom's just, he's looking, you know, he's looking down and he goes, yep, I know the drill. It's like, <laughs> it's. Red was making it very clear how dangerous the situation was, which was interesting. I would just like to, and I know we're doing Red with the Keens right now, but mm -hmm. so, a, an interesting bit that I noticed. I, I have said for a long time that I feel like the terrified FBI husband that Tom played in season one was not very much of an act. That he really probably had some very panicked moments when he realized that his wife was in danger and without breaking cover, he could do nothing about it. And, and I think that Liz got a bit of a taste of that in this episode in which she was stuck in the post office. She couldn't reach him. And she started panicking a little bit there when, when they couldn't reach him, they knew that the, uh, that the CDC was transporting everything. And she started yelling into the comm, Tom, can you hear me? Tom, if you can hear me, say something. And I think she got a bit of a, a a view into what Tom felt like when he was just the elementary school teacher, you know, pl playing that part of mm -hmm. just the elementary school teacher stuck on the sidelines. And thankfully, he doesn't have to do that anymore. And I think that's great for them as a couple. But it was very interesting watching those roles be reversed. Mm-hmm. Very much a mirror. Yes, exactly. We're back to your mirrors. Mm -hmm. But you never saw Red worried that Tom wasn't going to succeed. No, but he just he just gave me that. That's yours. Gave them that little smile. You know, he's a smile like, well, this is what we're going to do. He always does. And that to me, it's it's a it's a departure. That smile is a departure. That is, a, that is a new chapter with Tom. Because notice that in that moment when he needed something done, he did it correctly. He, there was no room for error again. And the, the man is Tom. And I think that that, that may be, um, it's, a, it's a whole new view into Tom Keane. It'll be, as we talked about last week, he really does seem to treat him more in a, familial sort of, of the son-in-law now and the begrudging son-in-law of course still mm -hmm. I, I mean i think if red had his way tom would pack his bags and never come back but i part of it may be that he just finally has come to terms with the fact that liz has made her decision and the other part may be that with agnes that he's not going to take a child's father away and he's no. not going to even encourage the child's father to leave that you know, he, I think Red truly does care about Agnes and he wants to see her grow up in the best way possible. And if, if she can have two loving parents with her, he's all for it. And so it's, 
it's really funny. I actually saw it come across Tumblr today because I had thought about it. And I have this horrible, deep fear. And I don't think Red would actually do this, but it's one of those those haunting bits that, you know, it goes into your mind and you can't quite shake it. That he keeps trying to push the Keens out of the uh, out of the search. So what's going to happen if if he were to find Agnes? If the Keens were not going to be involved with finding her, and he goes in, he finds Agnes. He and his people are the ones that find her. They are not involved. They are not there. What happens to Agnes at that point? Does he ship her off like Liz, or does he hand her back to her parents? I think he hands it to her parents. I think he gave Liz a very clear answer about that and, and, and the audience as well, because she he said to her, I can tell you what your life is without a child, not much. And he also said, um, uh, I, you know, looking back, I, I should have raised you myself. So you true. get her answer right there. It, you know, it doesn't matter how dangerous things look how desperate things look, the best answer would have been to keep you with me. I'm just trying to picture Reddington, the kind of man that he is, being the in-control individual that he is, which his life requires him to be. To be able to do what he does, he has to be in control or he'll be dead. If he were to lose control of, you know, of... of a, Anything. Of a, yeah, of part of his job that he does, being the concierge of crime... I mean, he would have been dead years ago if he didn't have complete control over everything he did. And so, I mean, that's it's understandable that he is the control freak that he is. I don't, when I call him a control freak, I never want people to mistake that as me begrudging him for that. It is required in his line of work. Tom's a bit of a control freak on some things. If, and, you're, if you're a strategizer, that means, by extension, you are a control freak. You no, can't absolutely. strategize if you don't control or absolutely. predict. And I, I just have a, tr I have a lot of trouble with a man like that, picturing him going through, doing everything, finding the child, shutting her parents out of it, and then turning around and handing her to them when they may make the decision to turn around and shut him out of her life and leave. I think he would. I, I, I don't think, I never seen Red doing, you know, shutting them out of spite I think he's shutting them out of expediency. Okay. That's, and that's, that, that's the kind of thing I want to hear because <laughs> I don't want to ever think that Red would do that. <gasps> I, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not discounted that under certain circumstances he would, but this, 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 the circumstances aren't there yet. I, I think that, that um, he's, he's, a, I mean, I always said that the blacklist is a family story, is a family love story. And, uh, and and I think it's going to be a very dysfunctional story. The the family is pretty dysfunctional itself, but I don't think that this is all about love. But what was it that the Tom said at the christening? We're a dysfunctional family, albeit oh, a family that tries to kill each other every now and then. <laughs> yes, and and I think that that those are another mirror moment. You're going to see a lot of them. Um, it's it, it's all very interesting to me. Um, uh, what else are we going to uh, the talk parallels. about? Uh, let's, let's do yes. parallels and then we'll do themes. Um, yes. Now, for, for the sake of this parallel, I, under, I mean, we, we talked about the fact that it's possible that, that Katerina and, and Red, you know, that, that's another smoke and mirrors issue. 
But for the sake of the parallel, from everything it looks like is being we'll said. We'll do it as, as it, it seems. Yes. <laughs> um, what, what it seems to be, and what Liz, let's do it from what Liz believes, is probably the best way to approach it. Yes. Uh, Liz believes when she reads the, the, um, the uh, journal, and I put it up on the Facebook page and was talking about on Tumblr about it today, and it seems like the general consensus was Liz was not reading in Russian. She was using a translation uh, program yes, on her computer. I think it's shown. Yeah, I think yeah, it's shown. It is. It is. I just, when I first posted it up there, I did not, for some reason, my brain did not connect that. <laughs> everybody told me exactly what I needed to know. So great. Kudos, everybody. Thank you for, <laughs> for cluing Jen in <laughs> because I miss a lot. And so <laughs> even 15 times through an episode, I'm still finding new things. Um, but you have, you find out, or Liz believes at the moment that Katerina Rostova, her mother, was married to Konstantin Rostov, her father, was assigned to seduce Raymond Reddington, an American in the Navy, you would assume, assigned to seduce him and fell in love with him, which... You see very clearly in that scene, she equates with the situation with she and Tom, which makes sense, uh, even if Tom was not put in her life to seduce her necessarily. It just happened. <laughs> I think well, she may have seduced said, him a bit more. He said assigned, yeah. assigned, not, not, uh, not seduced. Well, I mean, Katerina was the one that said she was put, that she seduced the American. Which, which makes sense. She had been yeah. described by the Orea agent as the Pinko Matahari. And that's exactly what Matahari did, seduce men for information. Mm -hmm. And so I, I loved that scene so much. And you're going to have the shipper in me come out in this little Go scene. Go ahead. I, <laughs> oh, wait. Tessa's like, all I'll right, here we go. Later. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it was so beautiful because you have him waking up and, and asking if she's okay. And then you have her walking over. In season one, you had so many instances where when it was something that bothered her, that terrified her, she just shut him out. You know, the adoption. Until the very last second when she had to tell him, I can't do this, she refused to speak to him about it. They had that conversation in their their uh, their kitchen saying, but we don't talk about it. You still want to do this? Because we don't talk about it. And that's what Liz used to do. And so to see her opening up to him shows how far they really have grown and how much the truth between them really has cemented their relationship well and in a much much health, healthier fashion. May, it, may I also interspeed here that not only is the truth between them, it's also the truth about them. Mm -hmm. They, by knowing who they are, by knowing more of their history, they're also more able to have less walls around them. And the fact that she's willing to share that with him is so, so amazing. Because she does tend to internalize a lot of things. She tries to, she tries to approach things by herself you know, beat down those walls by herself. And she's she's going at it with him, which is fantastic. But she just, I mean, it looks like, I don't know if she's crouched down next to the bed or if she just like sprawls out on top of him. But she lays down on his chest and is talking to him about this. And that moment of, I've lost Agnes, I can't lose you too. It was so interesting to watch this idea of, of her being willing to vocalize that. It, it was very beautiful. But I, I'm getting a little bit off topic of the parallel. Sorry, I told you, ship her heart is... 
it takes over. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting parallel to to the to the relationship of of uh, of Red and Katrina. And it also could explain a great deal about why Red distrusts Tom so much. Indeed. If that happened to Red, in which he fell in love with Katarina, Katarina said, "I've been spying on you." Uh, you know, I mean, because at some point after after uh, Masha was born, she had to have told him what was going on. He had to have basically been okay with it. And I could see Red going, "Okay, but you love me, right? You fell in love with me, great, and being young and being idealistic." And she may have, but she wasn't willing to leave her husband for him. And I think that that, you know, if that's what happened, if that's the gist of what happened, I think that broke his heart. And I think he was afraid for a long while that Tom was going to do the exact same thing. And I think that's why he put so much fear into her and instilled so much animosity towards him because he really did. He made her believe her husband was going to hurt her. That if he found, you know, that that there was going to be a day that he, like the nightmare she had, you know, turn around and try to choke the life out of her if he, if he had half a chance. That that is something that Red really encouraged her into believing, and I think that a lot of that was, you know, if this is true, was his history with Katarina. I mean, maybe not physically that they, you know, who knows? They may have gone at it physically, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Smith style, but. When she chose her husband over him after everything, that yeah, I could see where that would just break his heart. And well, he doesn't want to see Liz go through that. It may, if I may get a quote in here, it's um, when he's in the motel with with Liz and Tom is there and Red mm-hmm. comes in. He tells her, "I understand what it's like to be drawn to something that is unhealthy, to a part of yourself that you're afraid of." But I want you to remember what your life really was with him and imagine all it could be without him. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just, I think that Red is seeing, whenever he looked, at, I don't know so much if it is anymore, but when, during that time period, every time he looked at Tom and Liz, every time he looked at Tom, he saw Katarina. Yes. And he saw Liz with her heart broken, Liz, Liz mm-hmm. in danger, their child in danger, um, it was it was rehashing everything, and I think it got even worse when when Liz got pregnant. That was for him uh, because once I I saw you know that then after Tori was the vamp, it was like mildly crazy red, mm. if not half crazy red. Oh well, that moment they were standing out in the woods when Dimbe finally stopped him, and he said, yeah. "Enough, Raymond." And. I mean, but he's been going over like everything. He was he was drinking. He was drinking all that episode. He was going insane. He was he was really over going over the top. And I think that's exactly what it was. The pregnancy brought everything back to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so. I think instead of seeing instead of seeing Liz and Tom, he was he was reliving it. He was seeing Katarina, Katarina and Liz, the, the Katarina that he loved, he was seeing in Liz and the Katarina that betrayed him. He was seeing in Tom. And, and I think that it, and I'm not, here's an interesting question for you. When do you think that shifted for him? That he stopped, that he stopped because he's not treating Tom in that way anymore. When do you think it shifted that he started, 
making with that. Tom? Yeah, with Tom, that he started making that 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 Tom is not Katarina. When Tom stayed, when Tom, um, when Tom did whatever he needs to be done to get Kirk, and I think reluctantly, when Tom chose to live with Liz. I think that that is a a part. I don't think that Red has has got there yet to to realize it, but there was a big thing first finding out who Tom really was. It, he was an, an operative. He was a friend. He was a friend's son, and I think they gotta change something. And then a he bit stayed. like a bit like wrestler with humanizing him as wrestlers yeah. learning more about him. It's humanizing him and learning that he's Christopher Hargrave, which would be Howard's son. You know, the, that, that makes him, it, it concretes some stuff, some things. For I, him. I also wonder if red learned a lot of things about his life as Jacob Phelps, what, what happened or, or if he does know, I wouldn't discount that red knows exactly what happened to him. Right. And that, and I think that that, the whole thing, and I think reluctantly the fact that Tom and Liz decided to go change things for him, because that's something that Katerina didn't do. Yeah. She, she would not leave with him. She would not, because he asked her to run with him, and she wouldn't. According Tom and to Liz, the journal, yes. Tom, well, yeah, according to the journal. And that's all we have to go off of right now. Mm-hmm. Currently, the journal, what it's saying is canon, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Coming and that and, and that main and that's a departure because Tom and Liz are not acting like Katerina and him. Tom and Liz are putting the life of their child in front of everything and their love for each other in front of everything. And I've been saying for a while that I really do believe that Tom and Liz that and this is kind of into your themes bit. So, but we'll come back to the themes. But I think that Tom and Liz are the the point of them is to break the mold. One of their many points in this storyline is to break the mold of their families. That, you know, you've got both of them were kidnapped as children. Agnes has been kidnapped. I think they're about to get her back. You have identity issues. I think that they are going to choose at the end of it, as of what I am seeing right now and everything that I've seen happen up until this Interesting. point. I think by the end of it, they are going to have a choice. Are we Masha and Christopher or are we Liz and Tom? Are we the Keens or are we a product of, of our past and our parents? And do we have to be what our blood tells us we are? Or are we going to choose our own future? And I think they're going to break the mold. I think they're going to choose their own future. I think it'll be good that they know. I think that that will help them in a way. But I also think that they will choose to remain Liz and Tom Keen. And that will be where, where they break away from the cycle that their parents had and they won't become their parents. And I think that they'll struggle with that. And that's going to be part of redemption. And that'll be part of, of, you know, possibly four mm. B in which they're struggling. Do we have to become our parents? Is that going to be something that's thrust upon us? Does Agnes have to become us and then follow in our footsteps and have to live this life? Or do we get to make our own choices about our own future? And I think in the end, they'll get to make that choice. And that's going back to identity. I don't know that you that, that they will have that choice. I don't know that that choice is realistic. Uh, for me, I see it as, as the idea of identity being such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going, personally, as I see it right now, I think they're going to be able to, to choose that identity. 
So yeah, I defer there. I, I'm not sure that that is that is a, an actual choice. I, I think that a lot of that. This is my view. Simply, it's is that um, in in the blacklist identity is one thing, but there is there is other themes, and I think one of the themes is also the family, and I think that accepting your yourself and your family at the end is what gives you your identity. I don't think it means necessarily that they have to deny everything in their past. Just but that- they can't. They can't have both. The, the, the kind of people that they are, the kind of people they were born into, it's not the kind of things that you can just, you know, choose to be different. There, this is this this have long roots. Oh, maybe this, so. Maybe so. I guess we'll see as it as it pans out. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it might be. I'm, it might be entirely wrong. <laughs> I might be thoroughly off. But I think that that what they're going to their stories are going to go even deeper. I think that we have not seen that, and I think that now the entire cast is going to move into another level of identity. We've explored identity with basically the entire cast. Now we're going to go deeper into what it means. My opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. And and identity is such a huge theme in this. I mean, I I know that I've heard Ryan talk about it multiple times. It's huge. It's just, it's obvious. It's it's glaringly obvious in the entire show that identity is just forefront. Um, Do we want to go, because we had one more parallel. Do we want to go into that or do we want to do themes and we can kind of stick the other parallel back in there? Yeah, we can can do themes as we talk because a lot of this, of these themes really go into, into um, the, the scenes, the parallels, the relationship. Uh, And so the the other parallel that I had was, uh, was the team, what, what I love to call the team keen moment. And, this first popped up for me. The first time I noticed it was in season two when Liz ended up on his boat and he walks out, walks in and goes, I've been looking everywhere for you. They're, you know, they're trashing your place. You know, where have you been? They're after you, et cetera, et cetera. And she says, I need your help. You know, I've got a lead, but I need your help. And he says, I can't stay. And she basically talks him, well, I mean, she doesn't really have to work very hard to talk him into. All she has to do is ask again, and he's there. But they go in, and they go after and drop and drop off. Is mm-hmm. saying that correctly? <laughs> and drop oh, off. Oh. Um, and they go after him, and they move so seamlessly together through that apartment, it just with and the club and the in the in the Russian club. Russian club. When they're in the in the Russian club and and he's in the bathroom with the other two guys. They do, um, but that's not quite as. I don't see that quite as much of a parallel. Yes, they work well together, but he goes in, he does the thing, and she comes in and makes sure he doesn't get his you know butt kicked all over the place because it's like two or three on one, um, but. There's just something about the way they moved in in that that episode uh, through the apartment and then going getting the information, the car chase, protecting each other when when they were in the shootout. And we just saw the next level of that really in in Thursday's episode. And to be fair <laughs> and to be honest about this, I missed it when he first snagged that uh, that key card 
And I, I missed the fact that he snagged oh, it. Oh, I thoroughly missed it. I was so Did taken. Did you? Okay, like, at oh least I'm not God. alone. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I was like, oh, my God, Liz is really losing it. And then as soon as she got out of the room, I'm thinking, hmm, this is a little weird. What are they up to? And then as soon as she went in there, I was like, oh, okay, I know okay, what they're Okay, all right. Well, I don't feel quite as bad because I caught on a little earlier than that. But, no, I'm sitting there and I'm going, they're both just at their wits end already are they okay how are they not taking control of this more you've got tom shouting liz crying and i'm going while i'm not judging them on this it still is very odd and then suddenly he's coming over and you see that key card in his hand and he slips it into hers and i'm going i love you people (laughs) this is why i ship you (laughs) yeah that was that was awesome. That was a great scene. Oh, so beautiful. And just, and her walking out and in the phone call, just the entire scene was so fantastic. And, I, and you did, and you thought about Kate May. Thought about what? Kate May. Kate yes. May. Yes. May was right there. It really was. It, it's a great parallel between the way that that Katarina and Red so seamlessly worked together. And granted, that's that was a opium-induced hallucination, but you have to imagine that that's how they worked I, together. I, I, I think that that was a, a mix between memories and, and, and the imagination, and I think he was just piecing together things. But I do think that that working together is something they did a lot. Oh, absolutely. Or else why would it be there? That was something familiar to him. And so it was, oh, I just, I loved that scene so much with them moving together. And it just. Yeah, like Katarina, you get the car, I clean up. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, here, babe, here's the, here's the key card you needed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, they just, it, it was brilliant. It was well done by the actors. It was well played as, as the scene. And I, I hope that we continue to have those moments moving forward yeah that was that was stunning i i loved it i love that and so did you have any other uh either parallels or uh themes that you wanted to talk about specifically well um i noticed that we uh we are moving away from the 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 water themes and i think that that um one of the of the of the things that that I wanted to point out the plaid shirt we we got the plaid shirt Constantine Katarina Rostova already mentions in the journal that Constantine was receiving transfusions back then when Liz was four years old now that disease have, haven't killed him yet how has he managed that because I they kill the, everybody I imagine through the blood transfusions I mean you're looking at modern medicine. I mean, he's in his 50s, 60s. Yes. And yeah. so maybe 50. late late 50s, early 60s, somewhere no, in there. No, no, no. He's, he's uh, probably within a year or two of red. Yeah. And so late 50s, mid to late 50s. And so you've got modern medicine that his father wouldn't have had access to during that point, you know. Um, and so, I mean, just... It would have, by leaps and bounds, gotten better since the generation before him. And I, I'm sure that certain procedures are ju- have just extended his life. And he's probably hitting the end of that. And so that's why he's, he's working towards 
alternatives at this point. And I, I will be very interested to see if it is quite as straightforward as, as Red was saying. You know, he just wants you for your blood, basically. And I don't, I don't really no, think, I think it will it's be. A, it's a transplant because for that kind of anemia, I did a little bit of research, and there is either the transfusion, which obviously are not working anymore, uh, or there is a uh, bone marrow transplant. Uh-huh. Which so that's what he I needs. cannot imagine a newborn child being able to give him enough that would work. I really can't. I, I don't know how that's supposed killing, to work. It's basically killing Agnes. Yeah. And so I think we'll find out next episode if he's, well, I mean, we may or may not, if they end up getting her back next episode, we may or may not find out what Kirk would have done. I, mean, I they, think we're going to get her in the nick of time. Yeah. I mean, he, we may not like know for sure. Like her for the surgery or when they're prepping him for the surgery. I don't think that, that I, I do think that there is a little bit of emotion in, in Rostov, but I think that fundamentally, um, as, as Liz said, what happened in your life to make you this, this sociopath? But I don't, I don't know. I'm not entire. I am not convinced yet that he would sacrifice his granddaughter's life because when someone was talking about today, I don't remember who, so hat tip to whoever mentioned this but someone was talking about today that that when Agnes was brought to Liz Liz had her back to Kirk and she was holding Agnes and there was this look on Kirk's face and this was in last last week's episode I guess mm-hmm. um and it's just that that sort of adoration there it's not an act that he's putting on for anybody because nobody's looking at him that matters Yes, but it's an adoration towards the child. It's adoration towards, boy, am I going to get better here. I don't know. I got the impression it was an emotional connection to, to his family. And I I think that he's probably torn on that. I think he's a bad enough man that he will consider it. You know, he, he loves being alive enough that he will consider it. But I... I almost wonder if we'll get to the point maybe he'll pass out and the doctors will be getting ready for it without, you know, without having a confirmation that's exactly what he wants to do. And that's when they'll swoop in and save Agnes. But I don't know. I I don't know if we'll get... I don't know if even Kirk knows if he'll be willing to do it. I, I don't know. I don't have a great read on Kirk yet. Um, what? They do. What do you think Kirk will do if he does a, a test to assess whether is a compatible donor and finds out that she's not? No, if she's, not. she's not. I I have no idea. I mean, probably means go that, after Liz. Which means Liz is not her his daughter. Well, I mean, I think he's already done that test. I think that was his point. But it's like I said, it's interesting that Red has said again and again. Well, at, at least once, maybe not again and again, but he said at least once that... A couple times. It, was it a couple times? He yeah. said that, you know, the man that believes that you are his daughter, the man that believes himself to be your father, you know, it, it doesn't sound like Red believes, which makes me go back to leaning back towards wondering if Red thinks he's her, you know, her father. I think Red knows. I, my my personal crazy theory I think Red knows he's the he's not the father, and, and Kirk is not the father. <laughs> well, then Katarina gets around. <laughs> she was described as a pinko Madahari. That's 
Maybe she did just get around. Who knows? <laughs> and all we know is there was an American. She has never said, I love Reddington. Never. Miss thinks that, but we have what we have seen, what we have read from 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 the the words when we get the uh, the 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 image of Katerina. She has never said it's Reddington. We assume it is Reddington, but is it? But they do love to to lead down those paths, and then yeah, they do. It's that's why we love it. Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this. Exactly. If it was all that obvious, it would be boring. I mean, otherwise, what it would be, you know, um, just a, a, a soap opera in the past. Oh. But I think it's a little deeper than that. Uh, let's not go soap opera. <laughs> this no, is not a soap opera. <laughs> no, well, it's a difference this time. Oh, yeah. 30 okay. years in oh. the past, things are very different. What do you think is going to happen to Kaplan? Just to a <gasps> quick recap on what do you think is going to happen. I don't know, because I, I thought when I saw the pictures for, for this week, I just assumed that was going to be Dimbe saving her, and then it wasn't. And so I I have heard so many theories from she's going to come back and be an epic villain to she's going to sacrifice herself to prove herself to Red. And I honestly have no idea. I don't have any predictions for Kate. I'm glad she's alive, but it doesn't. I don't think that negates... Red's responsibility because he meant to kill her and so this whole well he didn't actually kill her well that's nice he still pulled the trigger and aimed at her you know <laughs> I, I think it is a, I think in my opinion Liz is going to once they get they get Agnes or they're close to getting Agnes Liz is going to say where is Kaplan I think that somehow we're, they're, we're, they're going to know that she survived and Liz is going to say, you know what? You ever want to see me again, you better go get Kaplan back. There are photos from, from next week's episode, Gaia, um, that that looks like they're going back into the, the woods there. And so, and it's Red, Dembe, and Liz. And so I'm wondering if she does push it, you know, and says, if you killed her, we're at least going to go bury this poor woman, you know? And we're not going to leave her to the animals out there. And then they get there, there and there she's is, gone. They have no shovel, so they know already she's alive. It's like they're going to get her. I think that there is that that's how things are going to end up. Is Liz, it, That Red is going to end up saving Kaplan. And it could be. I mean, I, I do not know. I I don't have a great great many predictions about that one. And so it's I, I'm glad she's alive. I love Kate. I hope I'm they keep real. Kate. <laughs> I, I think she's really made a way into most most of the fandom's heart. <laughs> so, especially once Liz realizes the role Kaplan played in her childhood as she recovers more memories, I think that is going to that's going to get her very sore at Red. Oh, I, if she remembers her from that, uh, I've had. I don't remember where I came across this, but someone, it might have been on Blacklist Exposed, they were talking about it, that you see that picture, uh, the picture that Red has in his apartment that Kirk also had, that we just mm -hmm. assumed that was Katarina, the blonde, Yes. that you get the same sort of sun shining behind Kaplan when she gets shot, that you have in that photo that blurs the woman's face out, that may not be Katarina. 
if Kate was there when in her, you know, in Liz's no, but Red Red said the woman is the 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 girl is you and the woman is your mother. Oh, okay. Did he did he say that? I yes, he that. did say okay. that. All yeah. right. Well, then there goes that theory. I I don't but remember exactly is, where I heard but that, but it was be, still an interesting theory. Oh well, because you don't have to take things literally in the blacklist. What you gotta take out from, in my opinion, what you gotta take out from there is they're drawing a parallel between Katerina and Kate. Yeah. Not necessarily mean Katerina is Kate or Kate is Katerina or the photo is Katerina, but there is something about that photo and about Kate and that death or supposed was supposed to be a death that we should be connecting. Yeah. And apparently someone made the connection. So kudos. Good for them. Yep. <laughs> I didn't catch that one. <laughs> Applaud. Um, but yeah, that's and and we still have to find out about Annie. I feel like everybody wants to know about Annie. You you drop a name on the blacklist, and it's those little things that they drop, those threads that you never. And, and a lot of times they come back to things. Well, but sometimes something. Annie was Annie's body was in front of Kaplan, right? When would you have the body of somebody in front of you? Well, she said that she was laying there with her head split open. I would assume yep. they were attacked. Yes. But why in front of her? Annie was trying to protect her. Could be. But the other thing is Annie was a child and she was carrying Annie. Could be. Um, but the thing is that she does wear a wedding ring. And so, and, and we do have confirmation that she's at least bi. I mean, the, the assumption is that, that mm-hmm. you know, all we've heard is that she slept with another woman. But, I mean, she's she's at least bi. Yeah. Um, but and she so could, it could have, have been a, a wife. Could have been a child. That's true. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's certainly a um, an intriguing link. I, I think you're right. We're going to see more of it. I hope that they come back to it because I don't think they're ever going to come back to that conversation between Tom and Gina where she says that she should have uh, – oh, what was the line? That she should I should have said yes in, in Budapest. Yes, it drives me insane because I'm like, what did you say no to? <laughs> it wasn't to marry her because you no. know there were not there were no um, emotional things about no. them. I think it was to leave. I think it, they wanted to leave. That no, because apparently Tom was asking for her to do something because she's the one that did not say yes. And Tom says to her in that episode, "I never thought that I'd want out, but I do." And so it can't be to leave. So maybe I don't know. to strike out on, on their own. Maybe that's that's. I don't know. It drives me insane because I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. All right. Well, that that about lands us at the end of this episode. Kept it a bit shorter than last time, and hopefully kept it a little more on. <laughs> on uh, topic this time we're working on it it's a learning curve and we're enjoying every second of it and so we hope that we will see you next time uh give us a shout on facebook twitter um tumblr we've got the the episodes up on youtube and soundcloud and itunes you can rate us there and you can leave comments if you've enjoyed these please feel free to we and constructive criticism is fantastic and also, if you have any questions or any topics or anything that you would like us to cover, please feel free to leave us a request for, uh, we, when we go off topic a couple of times, we can always go off topic on something that you want to hear about. <laughs> yes, at least it'll be something you want to hear and not just <laughs> us rambling. <laughs> 
All right, great. Well, we are really appreciative of, of you guys listening, and we hope you've enjoyed it. Very excited for next week's episode, because the Blacklist just has us sitting on the edge of our seats this season. Well done, Blacklist. Yes, indeed. All right. You guys have a great week.